I'm Dr. Gina Ross, and I'm running for U.S. Senate for the state of Missouri. I'm good trouble because people are my first priority. I will stay true to all people as I stay true to myself. I'm unbossed, unbought, and unbiased, paving the way for change. Please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or go to my website, RossForUSSenate.com. We're better together, building a better tomorrow beginning today. Business as usual is no longer acceptable, and feel free to make a contribution. No dollar amount is too small. Thank you very much. What you see in the flesh I'm free from people Free from myself There's a liberty in Christ I am Well, hello, hello Hey everybody Welcome, welcome, welcome And welcome to all of those uh, Voters hop for the Missouri primary that's going to be coming up in on August the 2nd. Thanks for joining the Ross for U.S. Senate 2022 campaign as we present Democracy Matters. Now, this is a candid conversation with Dr. Gina Ross and Superintendent Prince E.W. Bryant II. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hello. How is everybody today? Hello, hello. Thank you so very much for the invitation. It's such a joy to be here uh, with candidate Ross. And uh, certainly we, she has our full support and uh, and we're certainly godly proud of her offering herself to serve uh, in the life of our country, uh, in the life of her community. And, um, and so we're here to have the candid conversation all right, yeah. Best promote and uh, help her realize this dream of service. Amen. Well, come on, where am I? Am I'm always in church. <laughs> uh, it's Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noonday, and Jesus when the sun go down. Uh, blessings to you, Dr. Anthony Clark. Thanks for your shout out. And that is a supporter of the of Dr. Ross as well. He is he's just a great guy on fire for the Lord too. Now you know we're here and we're talking about we're going to be talking about democracy and why it matters. Why it matters. Come on, jump in, y'all. Doc, you want to get us started? Because you know I can go, go, go. I'll leave it to the guests. Go ahead, Superintendent. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah I think democracy matters. I think that uh, democracy matters. I think representation matters. I think as we are all celebrating the uh, confirmation of uh, KBJ uh, Judge Jackson uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, she becomes the third African-American uh, ever to serve on the highest court in the land. Uh, and just here recently, we've had the first ever uh, African-American vice president. 
to ever serve in the history of our country. And these two persons just happen to be African-American women. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's noteworthy that they, one is third ever, one is first ever, and uh, both are first ever black women. And um, so this is the year of the black woman. Uh, this is the season for uh, for this kind of, I think it's been coined colloquially as a black girl magic. And uh, this is the season for that. So we're excited about that. There have been less than 15 African-Americans ever elected to the U.S. Senate, mm -hmm. uh, less than 15. And so this is no small event to have a black woman running to serve in the upper chamber of the legislature uh, is, is, is phenomenal. And, uh, and we need to have the conversation. We need to have a conversation around democracy. It cannot be democracy if there is no representation. And I'm very concerned about the direction of our nation. I'm very concerned in issues, not just religious freedoms, uh, that's tied to our ability to express uh, by right of constitution, our, uh, our God and our religion, um, and not just connected to the LGBT agenda and advancement. Um, but I'm concerned about issues like economic uh, disenfranchisement, economic mm -hmm. uh, equality. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned that to have uh, getting more and the have-nots are getting less. There's there's a chasm between uh, these two realities. The poor are getting poor. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about education. Okay. Uh, but there is a fundamental difference in the education that one child is receiving in Random Town, USA, versus the education that another child, uh, primarily a minority, poverty children, uh, the gaps are widening, uh, crime in our neighborhoods. Uh, just recently, one of our premier pastors in the Church of God in Christ headlined uh, there in Chicago, the uh, Freedom Temple Church of God in Christ, easily a top 15, top 20 facility in the life of our church. His brother was gunned down this week in a senseless violence. Uh, and so, uh, crime is plaguing our community. I'm concerned with the decriminalization of marijuana. Mm -hmm. uh, There's still black and brown men and women serving crimes for marijuana. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of issues at play. And I think when you talk about democracy, we know it textbook and, and denotatively that democracy is government for people, by people. Uh, but what does that look like in application? And what does democracy, it looks like representation. It looks mm -hmm. like uh, people that look like me should represent me. All right. We have a big shout out from uh, Mother Gloria Ross. She That's is watching a Evangelist <laughs> Gloria Ross. I tell you, a woman of God. Fireball for Jesus. related to our candidate? I believe so. I believe That's so. My mom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks for supporting. You know, I, 
Jamie Johnson. Jamie, we spoke with her last uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she gave a wonderful presentation. She says, good evening, Dr. Ross, Superintendent. Uh, Ross, uh, let's see, that would be Superintendent. Brian. Uh, Brian and Ms. Moles, great topic tonight. And it's even better because... Uh, Sister Jamie, I know that you jump in. You have a lot to say. You are also one that has a voice for the people in the communities that you support and that you engage in. And we love you. We love oh, to hear yes. what you have to I say. She offered herself for the school board. We have mm -hmm. a lot of civic-minded and civic-conscientious personalities mm -hmm. emerging in the life of the church. I think that's mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. Most definitely. I believe so, too, in that uh, you said something that was very, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer in thought, uh, easily uh, understood if people would just accept it. But it says, you said that no democracy, there's no democracy without representation. Uh, no democracy without representation. And, you know, that right there is really all about what we're dealing with and that the lack of representation of African-American uh, women in, in particular, you know, they've had other uh, European-American uh, senators that have been a part of the U.S. Senate in uh, Washington, D.C., but there's only been three uh, well, well, only two, and I'm I'm already giving you, <laughs> I'm giving you your kudos. You're headed there, my sis. But uh, you know, you've had uh, the the one, and then of course Kamala Harris, but she's vice president now, and then there's no one else, right? So, you know, the fact that where has the representation been for the community, uh, the African American community, uh, the African American. Uh, female in particular that does have to deal with what you're talking about, the incarceration of loved ones unjustly, the education system that has not uh, been a support to hurt the children in, in, in the minority communities and the poor communities. I think that that's something that people need to understand too, that uh, there is an African-American issue, but there's also a rural issue, a poorer rural issue where technology and opportunities may not always be available to those in the rural community. And here in, um, in the Missouri, that's a big deal. You know, Internet access in the rural communities. Uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're doing the best you can if, you, if you're trying to get an education and and get your education and do an online and you're in a, a rural community, you might have to go drive in somewhere to find a Wi-Fi hotspot just to be able to log in and, and continue your education or get your education and college level online training. And, you know, those, those uh, students who were in the rural communities too, who did not have access, internet access, uh, where, what happened to them when it came to, being uh, victims of COVID and having to stay home, you know, schools yeah, are closed. That's one of the reasons why we're here. I think that Dr. Ross, as the junior senator of Missouri, uh, could offer a lot of uh, infrastructure that would create the necessary uh, optics and optic lines, fiber optic lines, uh, 
Sabbath to bring uh, the 21st century into rural Missouri, mm -hmm. uh, uh, helping to uh, divert funds. Uh, I know Missouri is a, is a huge agricultural industry, but this is 2022. Mm -hmm. And so some of those monies as earmarked for agriculture for Missouri has to be repurposed and rebudgeted for technology gaps and technology deficits that exist in, in Missouri. And so that's why it's important when you're choosing representation that you choose people that understand the needs of that state. Mm -hmm. Each senator. Uh, is responsible for the entire state. We, of course, you know, this is two senators per state. Each senator represents the entire state. They have to choose people that understand the state, that knows the state, and that can uh, articulate the issues. That's, 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 that's position one. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to articulate the issues in such a way that you can garner uh, relationships and resources to maneuver uh, to solve and create have solutions for those problems. And, mm -hmm. and so representation matters. I think one of the strengths of the majority race in America is suppressing representation so that they can maintain the stranglehold on the resources. Uh, when you look at things like the Electoral College, these are stopgap uh, okay. measures. These are uh, loopholes. These are cheat codes to allow the majority race to maintain power. And so though the country is diversifying, uh, I think in the next census, I think that the, 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 the scientists are projecting that white people will be in the minority. Mm -hmm. That's the real conversation around uh, border control and immigration. These are, it's not about the border not about immigration it's about how does the majority race maintain their white fingerprints on this country and if we can if we continue to allow hispanics mexicans and caribbeans to come into the country you're diluting their majority strength so if, for example biden he's a democrat but politics is not red and blue that's right that's, That's right. very true. It's white and black. <laughs> and <laughs> Biden has excommunicated or deported more Haitian refugees than since he's been in office than Trump mm -hmm. did his entire four years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet he is creating space for some 700,000 refugees in from Ukraine. Uh, I almost said Yugoslavia, but it, it's, it's uh, <laughs> the uh, Ukraine. We're, we're Ukraine, thank yeah, you. from Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine, because it's skin pigmentation. It really is. It really yeah. is. They want to keep America white, mm -hmm. and they keep us misrepresented, underrepresented, and then, and then, conversely, democracy is not just about representation. Democracy is about participation. Mm -hmm. Definitely you, participation. You, you don't have the participation of the people democracy doesn't work. And we can look at any numbers, uh, we can look at any um, models, graphs, they're going to show you that only 10 to 15% of Americans vote. Yeah, that's true, that's true. As that uh, demographic 
darkens in skin pigmentation, the percentages go down even further. Well, they, they do. Uh, we have a big shout out from uh, Sister Linnell. And she says, great evening, life changers. <laughs> All right. Great evening to you too, Sister Linnell. So Thank then, uh, Superintendent Prince Bright, some people have their own definition of democracy. Democracy means different things to different people. So how would you define democracy where other people can understand what it should be like? Yeah, I think that I, I think that, and, I, and I'll say three things. Democracy is representation. Mm -hmm. Democracy is participation. And then democracy is emancipation. So, um, and, and, so, and so the idea of democracy is, is the idea of involvement. That if you're not going to be involved, then you are not participating in the democracy that's available. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the, democracy is, is designed for the people to run the government. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then if it's only 15 or 20% of the people running the government, that's not democracy. No, it's not. <laughs> elite class that's controlling and governing the other 80%. And that's not the idea of democracy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think the other thing that I... We do have a question here. Uh, Jamie uh, asks, uh, since we are mis uh, underrepresented, how uh, do we increase participation in the political process in our communities? A fantastic question, uh, 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 Miss Jamie Johnson. <clears throat> I, you know, and you know, I think all of us are on the front lines. I am a uh, uh, elected officer for the Democratic Party. I'm on the executive committee for the Harris County Democratic Party. Uh, I'm a uh, election presiding judge. I'm a precinct chairman. Uh, uh, civic involvement, civic engagement begins in your community. Mm -hmm. um, I tell people this all the time, the further the, the election is on the ballot, the closer it is to your front door. Uh, I think we're all enthusiastic and excited about presidential elections and, and to no disrespect, senatorial elections, but the true political impact on everyday lives happens at that city, county level. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think the first thing, Ms. James, what I would say is we have to have information. Uh, I think uh, once people say people, our people perish for the lack of knowledge. Uh, right. We have to have, we have to inform and educate and indoctrinate. I want to jump in here. And, I think it starts a little closer than just in the community i believe it starts really at home i do i think that as adults and parents and grandparents to educate yourself and then to educate and include your children okay yeah. about so, to train up a child train them up in the way they should go and, See, and so voter education, the value of voting, the value of civic engagement, okay. civic participation, you have to teach that to your five-year-old child. Yeah, right. That's right. Child, your nine-year-old child. Yeah. 
you, you can't train up a, an adult. If you or wait teenager. Until, they're already 18, geeked 19. out on the weeds because it's legal, and they're going to argue with you. They're already geeked out on the different uh, things that they do, you know, which is, is socially acceptable, you know, when it comes to dating. They're already involved in that by the time they get to be uh, teenagers or even in high school or whatever. So, yes, catch them young so that they can be excited about the democratic process in, in our great republic of the well, united states and, and, and let me just say introduce this idea of the first voice the first voice the first mm. voice and, and we can do the psychological uh, research the first time the human brain hears something it accepts it as true the second time it hears it if it's in contradiction it will defend it so the first voice, the human brain accepts it as true. The second voice has to prove it's true. And so the reason why I say this is because oftentimes we outsource political narratives and community narratives to teachers. And mm -hmm. the teachers yeah. are indoctrinating <laughs> our children. Right. By the time you speak, you they've already embraced the first voice which was that teacher and now you have to defend what you're trying to say to you as family. the parent even as, as the parent and the, and, yeah. you, and you'll see parents arguing with their children because the first voice was from the teacher teacher said the, mm -hmm. my teacher said mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that's a logical it's called imprinting mm -hmm. and so parents we have to be that first voice on all matters mm -hmm. so yeah, most definitely birds and the bees talk whether it's who jesus is and religion and spirituality what we believe right. uh whether it's social constructs um i remember my baby brother my well he was my baby brother at the time but he was in elementary my middle brother and the teacher told him we were voting for george bush He's from Texas, and we're voting for George Bush. And he came home and said, we're voting for George Bush. We're voting for George Bush. And he has been, I'm not going to call him a Republican, but he has been pro-Republican the rest of his life. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of the influence of that teacher's voice. All right. Uh, Jamie point. and Linnell, they say they are right there with you. They say they love that democracy is representation, emancipation, and participation. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, Terrence Lee, hmm, senior, says right. Hey. <laughs> Terrence Lee Sr. also has a question here. So what do you do when your party have so far away or so far away from your views? So if your party wow, thinks way quick. on the other side of what you think, uh, Doc, I'm, once he gets through with this, I want to hear from you because you know I'm we soaking it in. I'm listening. This is uh, my teachable okay. moment. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because this right here is something that we run on. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I think I think it's important to to be able to identify the role of government in in our communities and in our world. Uh, the government, elected leaders, elected politicians, are not designed to legislate morality. Mm -hmm. The church, 
the, the preacher, the pastor, the apostle, and I could go through the entire fivefold ministry. We are the representation of God. We are responsible for setting the morality of the land. That's right. And anytime you see prophets in the Bible, the role of the prophet in the Bible was not prophecy. The role of the prophet in the text was around uh, pointing his finger at kings and heads of nations, uh, demanding levels of morality and uh, holiness. Mm-hmm. So whether okay. it was uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the three Hebrew boys, whether it was Isaiah and King Uzziah, whether it was Elijah and King Ahab, the role of the prophet is to speak truth to the nations, speak mm-hmm. truth to the leader of nations. It's not the leader of nations' job to to govern morality. The Bible. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the role of the prophet mm-hmm. to maintain a level of holiness and righteousness in the land. Uh, and so we don't look to political leaders to legislate morality in the world. No, that's our job. Mm-hmm. We look for we look we choose political leaders to help in the areas where the church does not have a voice. And that's in economic circles. That's in uh, educational circles. You know, those are the spaces that we say, hey, government, this is where we need you to take the lead. And so Mm -hmm. when we're choosing leaders, elected leaders, elected representations, we're not, as believers, we're not outsourcing our responsibility to lead the world in righteousness and advance the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. We don't outsource that to politics. That's our responsibility. Right. And so, but what we do hold them accountable for is their their views on gun control, their views on uh, uh, um, education, uh, uh-huh. fairness, and equity and equality. Their views on uh, uh, social constructs or as around. Uh, uh, if uh, I think there's one graph I saw that. For every one dollar a white man earns, uh, Asian man earns, uh, I think a dollar ten. A black man earns like eighty-seven cents. Uh, the white woman earns about seventy-five cents. The black woman earns about sixty-five cents. For every one dollar that a white man earns, mm-hmm. the black woman earns sixty-five cents. And so those are the things that we're looking for our elected representations to tackle. And so. No, the world will never have our views on morality and righteousness. We don't expect that. Mm-hmm. We expect them to operate in the legislative process around mm-hmm. equity and equality. Well, even still now, I, I, I'm going to go here. I had a, um, yeah, back in the day when I was getting my career going and I was super excited and business minded and I was passing out cards and everything, business cards. And, you know, someone from another country asked me, why would I expect someone who doesn't look like me to speak up for me? Mm. Yeah, I think we're talking about that. Represent- yeah. mm-hmm. So the representation part is super important. Uh, you know, to what's going on. And we have not had that. So if you're looking at the, the demographic and then the economic uh, economics of the uh, 
african-american woman and how she's not making as much as even the european-american woman you know that's because i would say and i would guess strongly that it's because of the lack of representation that when you have european-american males predominantly trying to make a decision for me who doesn't even look like his wife you know i got way too many characters Anyway, you know, I mean, the, the fact that I don't even look like his wife or his sister or his mother, then I would expect for him to to vote and, and give me opportunity that's going to be equal to his wife or his mother or even himself. You know, that, well, that maybe, to me, maybe. we live in a society that, to me, the issue, yes, is representation, uh, but then we also look to each other to say, okay, put me in this position. If I'm going to be the scapegoat that we preached on that yesterday, okay. if I'm going to be the scapegoat to say, okay, I'm going to stick my neck out here and I'm going to go speak for us. Okay. And then I can't get my own to vote for me or support me <laughs> or give me the $10 or whatever. They rather give it to a different candidate or to uh, a, a company, uh, McDonald's, get something to eat rather than give it to me so that I can at least try to get to a point to where I can speak for, for all people, you know. Well, they, one thing that I know from this is that if people can't control you, then they're not going to give. They want to see what you're going to do. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, as myself, I only can be me. And I'm not going to let no one control me or tell me what I can do mm-hmm. when I know how to represent the best way mm-hmm. I know how. Just like when I ran for Congress, I was told that if I didn't um, delete my YouTube channel with our church videos, that the major donors weren't going to give. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, well just, just don't give then because I'm not going to delete my videos. I'm not going to denounce. And here I, I come. I believe here in I come. You don't have you to delete your videos. That's not going to happen. You're right. I'm, I, I'm co- I here I come. I believe. You believe what you believe all and day there, long, but you're not going to shut my mouth up. If I right. say God is the head of my life, that's exactly what I mean. I'm not going to let no one silence me. So those of us, and we're going back to, uh, to Terrence's question here as far as the views huh what so what do we do when your parties ha- are so far away from the views well here's a person here dr gina who has the same views or <laughs> close right so now i would suggest that we support the candidate right support the candidate and put them make sure we put them in a position to where they can do their job to speak for all people this candidate can speak for people on the level of being female single working professional uh living in a rural area this candidate can speak for all people and then too being the african-american female see so here is the opportunity i would say uh brother terrence and family that that's it you know let's support candidates that will come in because that's what they do you know european americans and uh males or whatever they're gonna put they're gonna make sure they back they're gonna back that candidate up pack him up uh what's his name uh the other senator here holly he had already has his 14 million okay so let's talk about support and i think that uh, uh my friend jamie johnson talked about how do we 
maximize participation. Uh, and so I think a part of the problem is there's a lot of illiteracy in the African-American community. And when I say illiteracy, uh, financial illiteracy, uh, political illiteracy, uh, in the African-American community, we think that voting, if I give you my vote, I've done you a favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not really how the political ecosystem works. Yeah. The political ecosystem is is governed by the dollar. And so I ran for city council here in Houston, and I got major donations from companies and corporations. And I was trying to get my people, just like Dr. Ross is, mm-hmm. to vote for me. <laughs> and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, what people don't understand is is if a candidate wins an office and some entity, whether it's the NAACP or whether it's the LGBT or whether it's the NRA, if that entity donates $50,000 to that candidate that empowers that candidate to buy signs, Mm -hmm. flyers, do commercials, hire staff, and hire databases so they can do the text databases calls mm-hmm. then when that candidate gets in office they're not beholding to the people who voted for them they're beholding to the people who financially supported them and so the real reason why the african-american community does not have does not is not able to capitalize on our voting prowess is because we don't know how to leverage resources to our candidates. And so when someone gets in office, yeah, we voted for them, but we didn't give them a dime. We didn't give them a nickel. And Mm -hmm. so now that they're in office, you know, Barack Obama, everybody loved Barack Obama (laughs) until he got in office. But it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) was rejoicing uh, and, and big mom and then was cooking pots of greens and cocktails. we got us a black president and then when he got in office he wasn't doing nothing for black people everybody was confused how can you be a black president and not be pushing black issues black initiatives well it wasn't the black dollar that got him in office it was the gay dollar that got him in office mm-hmm. and when the gay dollar paid him then when he got in office his agenda shifted mm-hmm. to the LGBT agenda because he had to reward the people who funded his campaign. And so I'm not saying that Dr. Ross is a sellout. What mm-hmm. I am trying to communicate is that if we want a leader, and this goes for the Missouri Senate race, and goes mm-hmm. for Senate races across the country, and all races mm-hmm. across the country, mm-hmm. if we want leaders that are able to withstand big business and big tobacco, and NRA, then we as citizens, we have to give that money. <laughs> you got you got to do more than just go in that booth and vote. You got to say, here's $100 and mm-hmm. put it on a, uh, a auto pay. And every month you send in $100. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you, and you, and you. And then when you have campaigns that's funded by the people, then you empower that representative to serve the people mm-hmm. and not special interests. That's and it. So I Amen. Say that 
yes, we're supporting Dr. Gina Ross, but we have to do it not just with a vote in Missouri. We have to also do it with our resources so that she can have a campaign staff and a campaign presentation that's comparable to her opponents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, uh, we have uh, some shout outs. Uh, Sister Linnell, parents should be the first voice on all topics. She agrees. Sister Jamie, she says, come on, Superintendent Bryant, teach us. <laughs> um, Terrence Lee Sr., there's a question here. Why does the church support a party that that supports uh, uh, supports values that does not support our the church values, hey, like same-sex marriage? Great question. Um, and this is a reiteration of something that was asked earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be clear. Uh, Jesus talked more about poverty and the disenfranchised more than he talked about murder. Jesus talked more about the downtrodden and the poor in heart and the poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. He talked more about those who were social outclasses and those who were being neglected and rejected by their governments. That was the primary message of Christ. Uh, widows, orphans, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these marginalized communities that were not getting resources to have a sustainable lifestyle, that's what the crux of the ministry of Christ. And so Mm -hmm. as a church, we have to be careful that we're not emotionalized by and sensationalized by hot topic buttons. Very true. Here's the truth. There's no elected official that has anything to do with abortion. Mm-hmm. Abortions mm-hmm. are determined by judges at the federal level mm-hmm. and at the Supreme Court level. Mm-hmm. You can't vote for those people. Mm-hmm. So this idea that I'm voting for politicians that are against abortion, they have no voice in whether abortion is legal or illegal in America. It's a stunt. It's, a, it's designed to confuse the electorate. And so you're passionate about abortion. And so you're making, you're voting for people based on their abortion stance, but the people you just put in office, they have nothing to do with whether abortion is going to be legal or illegal. That's why the judges that are elected or that are confirmed are important, whether they are for or against. And then really it's back to, can we really legislate morality? Okay. I I, just want to make this clear. mm Mm-hmm that there's no elected official that determines gay rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's determined by the courts. In the interpretation of the laws that are set. And so the only thing that I'm trying to communicate to someone who is passionate about not voting for a Democratic person because they could be for the LGBT or Democratic person that's for pro-choice, that senator, Dr. Ross, that city council member (laughs) that governor has no role in determining gay right laws or abortion laws i just think that that's a that's something that's not communicated well to the electorate and so we're voting emotionally but we're not voting intellectually and intelligently Mm -hmm. just because you vote for someone that feels a certain kind of way they have no power in office 
to execute that. Mm-hmm. Well, the bills come down too. Well, know. and I could run on any ticket mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my values are the same regardless. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. people representation, representation, representation for all people. And I know this may be a difficult pill to swallow, <laughs> but, I, but I just want to reinforce it. I wish I could type it on the screen. <laughs> no governor has anything to do with abortion. No, it's but the, gov- the bills that are passed. Let's just let's just know because there's a there's a life at conception bill that's that was drawn up by those that have been voted in, like the senators or the congressmen. They, yeah, they right they put right. that bill in saying, okay, when does life start? It when does it start? So once you get there, then they're saying the likelihood that a representative would actually come up with legislation that would be for or against a particular subject. So it's usually that Democrats are are those that vote in favor of uh, pro-abortion, in favor of uh, same-sex marriage, LBGTQ rights, all of that, okay, and that they would write legislation or vote in favor of legislation so, that would be passed. So let's go to civic class for a moment. Mm-hmm. So a legislation, a legislature mm-hmm. in any state can pass any law. They that can't. The whole legislate on the vote based on what the state does. Yeah, so, but, but there's right. a bill that's but, introduced. But it's the judge. Mm-hmm. It's, but but okay. So then I, and so they pass a law. Mm-hmm. Then that law has to be challenged against the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it is ruled on in court whether it is constitutional or non-constitutional. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. And so the the Supreme Court has held Roe versus Wade as a constitutional right for women to have an abortion. Now, that's mm-hmm. what the Supreme Court says. Mm-hmm. Now, any legislature can pass any law, mm-hmm. but when it gets to the Supreme Court, it's going, to be, it's going to be overturned or thrown out as unconstitutional. Okay, and that that to have that level of understanding and how the laws work, and then the concern of people who usually vote or who usually introduce bills based on a certain uh, Democrat or Republican stance, you know, whether you're conservative or liberal or whatever the case is, just to kind of get a clear understanding of that so that Yes, people, I'm not afraid to talk about any subject, Absolutely. you know, so that we can definitely get it out and have people understand how does this work? So is this a legitimate concern? You know, and I think that uh, what, what Dr. Ross, you know, being that's my candidate. And I know that she is one that is for all people in that there are other solutions to uh, to uh the uh, you don't want to discriminate against anyone. That's the number one when it comes to LBGTQ. That discrimination you want to treat all human beings fairly, right? You don't want to discriminate based on that. And then two other laws or opportunities for people to uh, maybe improve the uh, the the uh, right for uh, adoption. 
right? The other alternatives to abortion or whatever to to have a voice to speak to to provide alternatives to yeah, but I, and I, that and, type. And here's a uh, here's here's a um, a failure of communication inside the black church mm-hmm. because we have emotionalized uh, and compartmentalized issues that are that have created buzzwords and galvanized votes but you're really voting against yourself and, and right. if, if we vote for dr ross mm-hmm. even if she's a democrat and she gets and she right. gets to the senate she will she will there'll be no there'll be no abortion legislation that she can participate in mm-hmm. and, I, and i think this is critical to, for comprehension okay and so you have senators running on abortion i'm for abortion i'm against abortion Th- that will never be an issue that they have to deal with as a u.s senator or a u.s congressman you have governors and city council members running on abortion mm-hmm. and that's nothing that a city council member or, mm-hmm. or a governor will ever deal with and so when we're talking about uh democracy mm-hmm. and we're talking about representation and we're talking about participation it requires a certain level of comprehension so that you can operate with a certain knowledge base and so when you look at the economic profile again when we look at the ministry of christ the ministry of christ was centered on economic equity uh do the research read the scriptures he talks more about the economic impoverished than in any other subject in his ministry career. Yeah, it, we we're to actually it preach the gospel to the poor. I mean, that's you, you, you're helping me. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I got you. I got you, Doc. You know, the Republican Party and mm-hmm. the Democratic Party, eight, 80% of those votes for the Republican Party are going to be to widen the economic gap between our community and theirs. It's going to be to create less opportunities for success, educational, economic, entrepreneurial, from our demographic, from theirs. And so you can continue to vote against abortion, but you're not understanding the larger role of government in the life of our communities. And so as a preacher, as a former candidate, as an executive committee member of a major national party, I vote for the party that's going to have the most positive impact on the members that I pastor and in the communities where I live. And that is the Democratic Party. Okay, that's the Democratic Party. Okay, we're going to we're going to go ahead and take a few more comments here. We have Bishop Robert <laughs> Williams. He says, Dr. Gina Ross is a good woman. I, I believe. You <laughs> <laughs> second the motion. All right now. Thank you, Bishop Robert Williams. God bless you. And then uh, Sister Jamie, again, she says, I still <laughs> love my president. Uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too, Dr. Johnson. Me too. Just, just right. So, Superintendent Bryant, here's a question that some other pastors might have. 
how would you say um, we could move forward to protect the right of the freedom of religion? You know, because we might come to a time where we can't use our Bibles like Bishop Stevens was preaching about yesterday and things of that nature. They try to shut us down. They try to silence us. They'll take things away from us if we say, God, you know, our 501c3 and everything like that. What do you think about that? Someone might need some enlightenment. Yeah, uh, that's a very excellent question. I think that uh, and and, and I, I, I advocate for the uh, democracy, not a political party. I don't, I'm uh, I think I think very few people are actually Republican or Democrat. Most of us are somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we like <laughs> what the Republicans are doing, like some of the Democrats. And I think that's most right. In the mm-hmm. face, you know. Uh, so I just want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think, uh, but I think as it relates to religious freedoms, um, th- th- again, that's a level of uh, information and uh, research that has to be done on candidates. Uh, most candidates win, you know, I, I hate to say this, on popularity and name recognition. But the truth is, you need to know people's history. Uh, that's one of the things that I did like about the Senate confirmation hearings. That even though they, the Republicans disproportionately targeted 4% of our cases around mm-hmm. that subject matter, yeah, it still was an opportunity to look at a person's record to determine how they would serve. And I think that's really a lesson for all of us that we would take the time to look at people's mm-hmm. record, see how they're gonna serve. Of course, and to do a little, put a little commercial here, Dr. <laughs> Ross has a record of service and that's why we're here supporting her. But more specific in particular around religious freedoms, um, we have to operate in constitutionality. A lot of the things that the government does is to is actually taking away freedoms of the church. For example, 501c3. 501c3 is an agreement between you and the government that you that we will give you money and give you resources as long as you don't get in our in our business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we pay, we paying you to shut up, <laughs> and so people. Fill out these 501c3s and they get this government money coming in and these grants coming in, not realizing that that's a contract with the government to be quiet, mm-hmm. which is the opposite role of the church. The church mm-hmm. role is cry loud, <laughs> right? <laughs> you cry mm-hmm. loud and spread mm-hmm. out. I talked mm-hmm. about the role of the prophet in the beginning of the telecast that the role of the prophet is to pronounce judgment on unholy and unrighteous kings and leaders. Mm-hmm. And so so, so, th- so, there's a lot of traps that muzzle and stifle this church actual assignment in the earth. Uh, when you look at churches like the, the Catholics, uh, Catholic churches are on sovereign land. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it, you know you used to watch an old western movie the person running to the church the, the, the police couldn't come in there because that's not that's their not territory <laughs> mm-hmm. that's sovereign <laughs> land that they are in the that that the freedom of religion is being free of any governmental restrictions and so most of our black preachers and black churches need to take a page out of the catholic book we should not be 
doing 501c3s. We should not be doing nonprofit statuses. All of these are contracts with the government to stifle our voices. We should be creating sovereign domains around our local churches that this is not even American soil. When you step on this land, it's this holy God, ground. <laughs> this is God's property. <laughs> That's and, right. and, we, and this is self-governed and this is self-contained. And so uh, so there's a lot of religious, you know, there's a, there, there really need to be a deep dive from heads of denominations to really take a real look at what is religious, what does religious freedom look like in 2022? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the purest answer is complete separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Someone might not understand that. So can you elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the separation of church and state is this kind of uh, institutional pillar for religious freedom that the church will have no influence i mean i'm sorry that the state would have no influence on the church and how one expresses their relationship with god and carries out their relationship with god uh and then vice versa that the church would not have any role in trying to influence the state and so a lot of people think want to think that America is a Christian nation. But the, the essence of being the separation of church and state means that the church is over here <laughs> and the state is over here. There is a separation and, and then the two are not to intermingle and intertwine. And so the state is supposed to have no influence uh, on our religious practice. And uh, But most of us sell that for the doctor. Mm-hmm. I hope well, I and I can I can definitely understand where, where you're coming from in that. And I think that even the education of, of folks when it comes to donations, they're not going to donate to a uh, facility uh, institution that's not 501c3. So so say for tax write off. Right. So that at the end of the year, if you do donate, then you can take that and then. Uh, claim it on your taxes that that was part of a donation. Now, just as an FYI, guys, that's not working these past few years. They don't care <laughs> what you donated. They still want their money. Okay, they they still want their money. So it used to yeah, save me gives- back in the day. I used to get. I'm like, ooh, let me tell <laughs> Yes, I. It used to save me from having to pay so much, but now it doesn't. It doesn't even matter. Well, you you just too blessed. There's st- it well. still does bring charity donations and mm-hmm. in-kind gifts still bring down your taxable some, yeah, some, uh, the margins ha- do change based on administration and IRS mm-hmm. code mm-hmm. but it does bring down your taxable income but once you get to six figures and seven figures like you Dr. Ann it's not going to make a lot of, a lot of difference. Y'all better still call me. I still need some customers in class to get to where that brother's talking about now. Y'all call me. Y'all just, hey, I'm going to put my, my number, my website in this chat. No. But, <laughs> but you know the truth you know and and that is why people you know they do advertise you know they want people to say okay well here we have we have uh, even the government is monitoring what it is that we've done with with these res- 
I guess, really, you know, I think there's some reporting that happens there, but not well, to the extent you know, to where. You know, to your point about giving to political campaign, I remember I was working at the post office. Mm-hmm. And there was this Caucasian gentleman. Mm-hmm. And he was poor. He had poor hygiene. He wore mm-hmm. the same clothes every day. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like a nomad type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, very little people skills. Uh, just, just kind of perfect. No, no, that you really didn't deal with. He just kind of a loner in mm-hmm. the, in the postal system. And every year, this guy, you know, I'm not, I'm telling my age now. But he was given $10,000 to Bill Clinton's presidential campaign. Hmm. You know, he was given $15,000 to hmm. Bill Clinton's hmm. campaign. And and he looked, I mean, you, you wouldn't have thought he had a, a jar or, mm-hmm. or a pot <laughs> or window. You know, <laughs> he didn't look like he had any means. Of course he did because he's at the post office, you know. Mm-hmm. But he... And, and, and as I begin to think about that through the years, there's something that's being communicated to the majority race that's not being communicated to the minority races. And they understand the value of politics, uh, the election cycles. They understand donating to those election cycles. And we don't have that consciousness. Now, we're buying... Gucci and Louis Vuitton and, and Red Bottoms. This guy wasn't wearing nothing. He was mm-hmm. wearing the same clothes every day. Mm-hmm. But he was giving five figures every year to political campaign. Mm-hmm. So that's not about... So remember, Black people say they can't afford to give to a campaign. It's not about affordability. It's mm-hmm. about priority. Mm-hmm. We don't prioritize getting people that look like us and b- believe like us, we don't prioritize that with our resources. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been taught to us. Again, mm-hmm. talking about financial literacy. Most of us, you know, we see the majority race is putting their children as authorized users on credit cards. By the time they 17, they got an 800 credit score. And they never mm-hmm. paid, you know, they did nothing. We putting our light bills in our children's name and won't even pay that on time. You know, it's, it's, it's about financial literacy. And so literacy... Financial literacy, I will agree, but I'm going to have to speak for that single sis. I mean, she might she might have to hustle here because she's the first one, last one hired, first one fired. She has to prove and, and make sure that why why should we hire you the first one to go then they're not going to pay her what that european american or even the uh, male or female makes so yeah i mean i believe she's concerned but sometimes it's just about the hustle getting out here and doing what you have to do now i'm not making excuses i believe that the mindset needs to come up i do i believe the mindset needs to come up if you do this you'll never be broke another day in your life Mm mm-hmm it's called an 80 10 10 rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know y'all familiar with that, but just yeah. the go ahead, go ahead and, and tell us about it. 80 live on 80 percent, tithe 10 percent, mm-hmm. save 10 percent, mm-hmm. pay God 10 percent, pay yourself 10 percent, live on 80. If mm-hmm. you live on 80 percent of your income, yeah, 
you'll never be broke through. When you talk about financial literacy, mm-hmm. some of our poverty is self-imposed mm-hmm. because I agree. we're trying to live beyond our means. Beyond the means. Mm-hmm. Your your rent or your mortgage should only be a thirty percent of your mm-hmm. income. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Now, so I, I don't care how much you make. You got thirty percent of that is supposed to go to housing. Mm-hmm. So you can only. So now, if you move that to fifty percent, you're already over budget. Mm-hmm. The definition of bankruptcy is when more goes out than what comes it comes in. in. Okay. Yeah. And All so right. That matter. You, you know, you still eating out every day. That's fine, but you you're already bankrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Already, <laughs> it may not have zeros in the account, but you're already bankrupt. And mm-hmm. so, again, we're talking about just levels of financial literacy. So when you begin to live beyond your means, you begin to stretch beyond your means, if your housing is 50% of your income or 65% of your income, you in the house. Mm-hmm. Or you're in the apartment. You you just you're got you just got $12 an hour job and you have the three kids because Pookie done uh, did what he had to do and then did what he did and he's gone, you know, or divorce situation. You shouldn't t- divorce you shouldn't, situation. They taught you that, but that's another conversation. Go oh, ahead. Well, that is another conversation, <laughs> but this is the reality of life. She didn't go get the 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 abortion. She kept hers, Amen. right? And Amen. and here she is. She's struggling to get through, you know. And I and I, and I know we we all make excuses, but I do want to be that voice to say that you know the, the Jesus said that the poor you'll have with you always. That does not mean that we should not show compassion. And yes, we do educate, but then we also want to be that voice to understand why. Why are we here? Redlining situations, uh, you know, the the idea of, of not being valued even in the media, as far as the look and and who is valuable in this world, in this country. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot to it, my brother. I I got that eighty right. twenty twenty eighty ten ten. Yeah, I think, and I think that's why we're talking about education mm-hmm. uh, because. You know, for example, transportation should be no more than 10 to 12 percent of your income. Well, that gas, if she's got to get to it, she she making the 12 or 15 in that hoopty. Yeah, but but you but you go get the Mercedes. That's. I don't know if they got it on the lot down there. I'm 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 just I'm not really trying to be funny. You know, if they let me have it with that interest rate, I know I need to get to work. I got to go get mine, huh? Yeah, but and it okay, I get it. It's not always for the prince. It's but it's not expedient. It may be lawful. You may legally purchase it. You might can do it, yeah. But it's not expensive. They even have that. 24% interest rate. Yeah, Yeah. they already have that sewn up. They know how many times they're going to sell that car in the community, in the black community. That car gets sold at least five times. So, you know, they don't care nothing about it because they know that people can't afford. They know they're going to repossess houses. They don't care that you come out here, even though it's red line. They know that you're going to lose your job. And so so you're not going to be able to make that more. So you got one mortgage to miss and you out of there. They know that. So So then it's my job to help find resources to keep you in your house. Come on. Help find resources, set laws, and and set up opportunities for people to do better. Financial literacy programs and financial workshops. Most definitely. Because that Range Rover that the the majority rates, they buy from the showroom floor. 
it's got a, a warranty on it. They pay no maintenance on it, free oil changes, and they drive that car to 65, 70,000 miles. And then Pookie come get it. <laughs> Ray Ray come get it at 70,000 miles. It had lost all its value. And now all of the big mechanical issues now come due. Mm-hmm. So he got to pay the big down payment, the high interest rate, and he got to pay five or $10,000 because the transmission is going out. Five ten thousand dollars. The the AC then went out. Mm-hmm. So he got all the big ticket m- repair bills, high interest rate, and he put a big down payment on it. Hey, this and, and now and we ain't even talking about insurance yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're over budget. Mm-hmm. You can't afford that car. But here's the problem, and I'm I'm way off task now, but I'm having a good time. Here's okay. the problem. <laughs> the the white girl. When when the white boy pulls up in a Honda Civic, she says, "Oh hey, hey Toby, hey Tommy, how you doing, Tommy?" Cause she she loves she wants to ride in a Honda Civic. <laughs> but if if Leroy pull up in a Honda Civic, Lashonda gonna say, "You got a Honda Civic? <laughs> we we don't have no respect for the black man that pull up in a Honda, a Toyota Sonata. No, what what is this you got? <laughs> he can't, he ain't got no swag. He broke." Okay, well, that's to me, self. Hey, that's misdirected uh, value. You know that he's not valuable because he's driving a Honda Civic. Uh, you know, education. We, we we get it. You know, but there's a whole lot of things going on when it comes to what why we're, where we are is the point. And we're donating to General because she's going to solve all of this. You better believe it. You better believe it. Here Most we go. Thank you so much for your comments, uh, Terrence Lee uh, Senior. You, they, they just have really participated. We appreciate them. Uh, uh, Jamie, Jamie Johnson, vote for the party that will have the most positive impact on this community you live, or the community where you live and work and serve. Thank you for that. Thanks. Our last comment from uh, uh, Minister Jamie. There, I, I used to vote on name recognition but started researching all candidates five years ago, it makes a difference. And what I've been saying to people is vote for the person that will make you a priority, not an option or an afterthought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She, she sounds like a politician. Now, go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> uh-uh. now, Dr. Ross is the first one to tell you she's not a politician. Mm-hmm. She's not and they a know politician. that. They even say I'm too churchy and I don't care. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not mind. Mm-hmm. I am who I am. Most definitely. What a good time. I do definitely appreciate you, Superintendent Bryant the second. You uh, have definitely blessed us and educated us and kudos to your uh, positions and and what you do as uh, as the leader and participation in the civic civil duties as an American, you know, showing us that um you know, by, by example and everything. So there, that's just definitely a plus and uh, kudos to your new ministry too. We're looking forward Thank to you. growing as well. We're looking forward to the river, the, the river, river church of God in Christ growing, <laughs> you know, so that you can continue to minister to the, to the spirit man, to, to the spirit family, the family that uh that the lord uh watches over and everything all right here we go we're just grateful and thank you for joining but hold on we're just going to run a couple of ads here 
don't forget to go to Ross for USSenate.com. Ross for USSenate.com. Now, there is a big uh, donate button there that will definitely be a blessing. When you click that button, you are making that decision to say that this is my candidate. I'm going to support them the best I can. And you know, one thing about Dr. Ross, she does mention no donation is too small. We get it. We understand. I get it, sis. I get it, bro. You know, (laughs) go ahead and pay that child support. Do what you need to do. And then take your McDonald's money and go ahead and that one time and be a blessing to the candidate that is going to be a voice for you, for the community. So uh, don't forget to do that. There's other great resources on the website as well. There's our voter registration links that will take you there. I can't say it enough. Register to vote now. Do it now. And and you know, make sure that you get that in so that you can vote during that primary. And we are an open state, so we don't have to worry about whether we're Republican or Democrat voting in that primary. If in the past you voted Republican, but you know that this is the candidate for you, Dr. Junior Ross, who is on the Democratic ticket, go ahead and walk up to that table and tell them you need a Democratic uh, ballot there to vote during the primary August 2nd. Take the day off if you have to. Take number the two day on off. the ballot. He I is. was three, but now I'm number two. Let me say this too, uh, Dr. Ann, while you do run your commercial. Dr. Ross is <laughs> He's more qualified and more competent than Amy Comet, who was just put on the Supreme Court um, uh, in, uh, in at the end of Trump's tenure. Mm. She's competent. She's capable. Sometimes we have too high of a standard for each other. Mm. And we have no expectations for the others. And so I just want to lift that up. She's qualified. She can do the job and she will make us all proud. All right. All right. Thank you. Don't y'all laugh at my website. I make it myself by choice. It's just know, my own personal way to stay connected. It's a wonderful <laughs> website. It does have very yeah, lots of information, I and it is a way. Resources. I try to look out for people. It's great. That's it's just a great website. Thank you so much. And, you know, we're just going to go ahead and run a couple of uh, outros here and uh, just hold on. And um, we'll be coming, checking, check us out next week or whenever we go live here. But definitely get ready. Get ready to do that vote. Okay, here we go. Don't say a whole lot because I'm observing and I'm watching and I listen. So I will listen to you and hear your concerns because you matter to me. All right? This is a rally, so let's make some noise. We're better together, building a better tomorrow beginning today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And to my candidates, my male candidates, I feel so special being the only woman. (laughs) But congratulations to all my my male brothers running. We're better together and let's fight, let's win. Thank you. That COVID voice, that COVID long holler effect. (laughs) I used to be a cheerleader. (laughs) 